Hi, and welcome to Telepathic TV. This is television that you watch with your third eye, and I'm R. Neville Johnston. And I'm Mary Phelan, and our program is about raising our consciousness. And tonight we're going to talk about the art of dreaming and the sleep time. And dreaming is <coughs> a very important <coughs> subject. It absolutely is. There's uh, relatively little education available on this subject. There are a number of books, but uh, then again, that's not like a class or having instruction or even interpretation. You know, a lot of my research on dreams, um, I found that much of what's written out there is based on Freud's interpretation of dreams or Carl Jung at, the, at, the, at best. There's almost um, this untapped resource of dreams that we could research, and I love doing that. But before we even get into dreams, I'd like to talk about sleep, because one usually sleeps when they dream. And we have an epidemic in our country, and probably in the world in general, but especially in our country. And that says that there's something wrong with us if we go to sleep. That sleep is looked at as a luxury and not for everybody, and that you're being greedy or selfish if you take the time to go to sleep. We're the only species that ever would even contemplate deliberately denying ourselves sleep. And I've said in the past that can you imagine a cat waking up, getting coffee, lighting a cigarette, and saying, I can't sleep, I've got to get that mouse, I've just got to get out there and do that. It's not going to do that. No other species denies themselves sleep, but yet we do all the time. I, I would go into workplaces and everybody would be talking about how little sleep they got the night before as if it were a badge of honor. But I tell you, not enough sleep affects you on so many levels that science hasn't even uh, tapped into the, uh, a tenth of it, a, t a tiny portion of it. One thing that I've discovered that lack of sleep does is it prevents clear communication between the left and right hemisphere of the brain between your self and your higher self, and between the bigger picture and the smaller picture. Communication channels break down when we're fatigued. So we get hyper-emotional, we react, we have temper uh, flare-ups, whereas normally we would not. That's not even to mention the body reactions. We detox body, mind, emotion, and everything when we sleep. And the body doesn't detox if we don't sleep. So we start getting septic, even. Well, that's all that trinity, body, mind, and spirit. And the body is uh, very often maltreated, mistreated in our world, in our society. This all began, by the way, with the invention of the light bulb. Prior to that, while it's true we had candles, it wasn't like you were going to stay up all night. So the uh, electric light began this um, sleep deprivation. We were deprived of a lot of things, but sleep in particular um, is just plain silly. Why don't you, if, and how many times have we said, you're tired, go to sleep. I can't possibly go to sleep. Well, then stop talking about being tired or go to sleep. One or the other, make up your mind because as long as it, we've said so many times on the show, if you complain, you're creating. When you speak, you create. If the speaking is a complaint, then that's what you're creating. So the more we complain about this, the less traction we get involved in our movement forward. Well, now, complaining, uh, just to, before you leave that subject, complaining implies that we believe somebody else has control over what yeah, we're complaining yeah. about. And once we recognize that we have the power 
the complaining will either be internalized until we do something about it, or we'll, we'll change it. Yeah, and we are, you know, we've said so many times on the show, the day that you recognize that everything that ever happened in your life was your idea, that your signature is on it, will be the first time you ever actually think. Prior to that, you were in reaction to other people or other things, and that really didn't get you anywhere at all. So once you recognize your own command in your life, it becomes possible to actually do something. Now, of all the books available, and I know we, you've been specializing in a class on dreaming and um, the idea so. of, of um, dreaming class, and there's no hotline number that you could call up to get a dream interpreted other than this program or if you contact us outside of the realm of the program. But if you have a dream, and, and we don't You've dream, got an interpretation. Yeah, and we don't do dreaming buddies, which would be a very good idea uh, if you had someone uh, that was willing to buddy up with you and you say, hi, I dreamt of uh, a lobster opening a can of clam chowder. What do you think that means? You know, and then the other person could interpret well, that dream. And so you, so assign yourself a dreaming buddy if you have uh, well, someone in your life that's willing that to do that. Have gone through the class that do that. Yeah. After they get a bunch of techniques, uh, then they mm -hmm. practice with with friends and dream yeah, buddies. Yeah. But just to uh, maybe finish up some of the topic of uh, sleep deprivation before we move into interpretation, and that will give everybody out there time to think of a dream to call in with. Oh, yeah, that's And good. I'd like to explain some of the parameters uh, calling in a dream so that uh, since we have a, a, a seemingly limited amount of time, perhaps look at your dream in the form of change points. And a change point within a dream is when you change fundamental aspects, like you're dreaming of walking down the street, and then the next thing you know, you're on an ocean liner out in the middle of the ocean. Well, the segment of you walking down the street is, is one segment, a change point, and then a new segment. And change points are decision points within the dream. And a lot can be learned from your decision points in the dream. And so perhaps we could take dreams, because sometimes they're very long, and perhaps just interpret a segment before a decision is reached. And, and you can um, tell what your decisions were by what the next segment of your dream is. Like, for instance, if I were to make a decision to unmic and get up and walk out of here, you would see me standing outside. Well, in the dream, the process of me unmiking, getting up and walking outside is not necessary because we're not in physical reality. I would make the decision and therefore be outside. Yes. So that's what change points are. Mm -hmm. But the, I was uh, bringing up the idea of detoxing in the dream time. This is why it is so important to not go to sleep with your stomach full because there are uh, a lot of mechanisms that take place when you are asleep that detox. It's not normal digestion, but use your digestive system to pull toxins out of your body and offload them. And if your stomach's full, then that whole mechanism is clogged up, blocked up with this digestion of your food. And a lot of those types of processes shut down at night in order to get the detox processes up online. So I would suggest if you're going to really get into dream analysis and doing some dream exploration, <coughs> lucid dreaming experiments, to not 
have anything to eat at least two hours before you go to sleep, you will find the quality of your dreams really change greatly. So it's important to get enough sleep. You've got to go into deep levels of sleep to begin this detox process. Oh, very much. And dreaming has powers that um, are maligned by our society. The world that we live in, if you say, oh, I just dreamt this up, you may as well throw it on the ground and step on it because it will not be respected. Now, there are other societies of the world where dreaming ability and dreaming authority uh, is a very different subject, uh, especially in tribal cultures. Um, a small child in the tribal culture could say, Mommy, Daddy, I had this dream. Mm -hmm. And the parents would stop whatever they were doing unless it happened to be on the hunt. And it was very necessary to take the shot at that moment. But they would listen to the child's dream. And the child might say something like, well, I dreamt the whole village built rafts and we moved to another island. Uh, we can't see it from here. And uh, this would go buzz around the village and very likely they would build rafts and head off for wherever this kid pointed on the horizon. And I do believe that's how a lot of islands got populated that wouldn't have had, you know, through dream. There's the Arabic expression, before it can be, it must be dreamed. And that's a very powerful thing. Now, the other thing I'd like to add, just so you have more respect for dreams, and I mean this very sincerely, during the dream time, you take everything that happened that day and you translate it into a series of symbols. This is a type of dreaming, where you are just reviewing the day's events. Now, go ahead. Sit down right now and translate what happened to you today into symbol form. Let's see you do it. Yeah? Nothing. Okay, but you tonight you'll be able to dream this. Well, I, I think it, there's so much that can be learned, and I, I personally believe that we do uh, use the dream time to write short-term memory to long-term memory. But... The symbolism used, like let's say if you dream of the place you had lunch that day, it's only because that's the closest thing in our brain to what we're uh, looking to communicate. Not so much it, it, because we ate lunch there that day. It's just that we were looking for a lunchroom to act out a certain communication to ourselves, and that was the one closest to us. I'm communicating with my sandwich. Well, why don't we open up the lines to yeah. callers with dreams, and we that can like then teach that. a lot of this stuff in the form of doing some interpretation. I tell you, you can take one dream and analyze it so much that you can learn almost everything about yourself. It's really phenomenal. So I would love to uh, take a call. So call the number is 571-749-1166. And if you're listening to this on iTunes as a podcast or in the archives, you can call into the show Thursday nights at 8.30 Eastern Time, any, any Thursday. We're here with very few exceptions, usually um, Thanksgiving and uh, two other times of year when the studio's on sabbatical, but we're usually here. Yeah. And uh, you're, feel free to call in. We yeah. usually open up for dream interpretations anytime. Another interesting thing about our human mind's ability to translate event into symbol, which we all have, it, it appears to be reserved 
for the dream time, but that's not actually true. Now, uh, since this is telepathic TV, there would be the idea of communicating telepathically. Now, if you are going to communicate telepathically to someone who does not speak the same language you do, then the telepathic communication would be in symbolic form. In other words, whatever idea you wish to communicate to said other person, not necessarily human, but well, you will <laughs> use the word person, okay, shung, as in the cat or whatever. Shung. That's, that's the word for sending shung. Sending a telepathic message, that's the actual sound. Funny, my iPhone sounds like that too when I send a message. There we go. I didn't know our telepathy did too. Yes, well, you may as well. I mean, tech is, well, we're we're supposed to be following techers, which means that tech's leading us. I don't think so, but thanks. No, I think telepathy was first. Yeah, long before technology was ever invented. Yeah. You could have used a gong, it just depends on the genre. So to get well, to just the idea of the communication, the ability of the mind to translate things into symbols. Now, let's see you do it. Let's see you do that. So let's say we wanted to broadcast the idea of, and that's sort of a pun involved, broadcast the idea of many people watching our television program. Then we could, um, we could broadcast that as an atomic equation. In other words, there's something in the center of a lot of electrons orbiting around it, and that symbol, which is really truly universal, but that could be specifically downloaded as an increase in the audience. That mm-hmm. symbol could mean that. Yeah, and it, symbols do appear a lot in dreams, but mm-hmm. we really don't think in words. I know we've, um, we don't necessarily agree with this on this completely, but we really do think symbolically. If we if we slowed down and thought in words, it would take us 20 years to figure out how to catch a bus and get to the place where we're going and actually do it. So everything is are, are in large packets of information rather than little bits of information. And the interpretation of our dreams is crucial in interpreting our symbolic telepathic language. It's something I teach in the psychic development class which is beginning on Monday, by the way, if anybody is interested. And it goes for five weeks in part one where we explore a lot of this. And um, also, if you find that you're very sensitive and and you absorb other people's stuff and things like that, we cover that pretty extensively in this class too, that if you can interpret your dreams and learn techniques of interpreting your dreams, you can interpret your psychic impressions. We get symbolic information from everything around us. And if you can slow that down and really look at it and understand your personal language, you you become very psychic, telepathic. Yeah, and here's another aspect to that. When someone uh, tells someone else their dream and the other person interprets it and the other person is, let me just use the word, guaranteed to recognize something in there that's very apparent, not to the person doing the dreaming. In other words, I believe one of the books was saying that a a dream is not a dream until it's shared with someone else, meaning that you're never going to quite translate it until you've told it to someone else and they talk about what it is that they feel is in that dream. Mm -hmm. I do recall reading that. 
specifically. So the opportunity of getting your dream interpreted is one that really moves your evolution forward, and I would yeah. even use the word exponentially, once you get your dreaming buddy, once you get this feedback loop complete within your own process. Well, our show could serve that for a lot Absolutely. of people, too. Yeah. Um, uh, to call in to have your dreams interpreted. I get dreams from people all the time, mm -hmm. and I had meant to bring a few to start the ball rolling. Yeah. But dreams really do tell you a lot, and you had mentioned speaking it out loud, and that really does make a difference, or writing it down. It's very, very important to write your dreams down. I had thought I would take a shortcut and record them, and I would wake up in the middle of the night and I could speak it pretty quickly, and then go back to sleep, and I didn't wake myself up writing the dream down. But then I found that I never did transcribe them or interpret them. So it's much better just to go ahead and, and write them directly. And a technique or trick that I use so that I don't wake up fully in the middle of the night after I've had a dream is I title it. And let's say it's trip to the ice cream parlor, and then I just write that down. And usually the title will reveal the whole dream to you again when you wake up. And sometimes I, I don't even write it down, but I tell myself that. I, I come down from my dream consciousness into my physical consciousness, still in the dream. And I give it a title and tell myself, and I put it into my memory. That's and then when one. I wake up, I just go in there and retrieve the title, and mm -hmm. then the dream follows it. So it's one technique you can use. Quite a few techniques. There's a lot. I tell you, I, I really have been doing this pretty much all of my life, ever since I can remember. I've studied dreams, and I've done dream interpretations, and sometimes you can really find a lot of stuff. Like, one time I had a dream where uh, uh, it was of an old boss of mine who took over for his father, and he was president, and it wasn't until I worded it like that that it made sense that it was Bush because yeah. it was somebody and he was in this white building and there mm -hmm. were a bunch of things that really were clued into the fact that this was dreaming of Bush and Bush, Bush Sr. And um, it wasn't until I spoke uh, it out loud. Told yeah, symbols. I've dreamt in a number of short stories and books. Now you definitely have. Yeah. You've, you've come up with some incredible books. In One's uh, about is on its way to be coming out called The Dreamist, which is a um, ought to be out Christmas-ish if the publisher agrees to what they're agreeing to and I, et cetera, et cetera. Anyhow, just a book on dreaming is coming out called The Dreamist, strangely enough, which is a title that is bestowed upon certain individuals in the future society that this is in. And if you're a dreamist, you have uh, more or less rock star, movie star status in this future society as a dreamist, and people boast that you were visited by a dreamist in your dreams. Mm. And it's uh, listed as a... It's, a... it's a cool story, for sure. Yeah, very interesting all the way around. I'm really glad that you pulled that out and uh, started um, yeah, doing I wrote the editing the, uh, on it. Because yeah, I wrote it in 2000, and just now got around to uh, publishing it, which is good. A at any rate, the idea of... Um, um, dreams, and if I could recall one offhand. I had a dream, uh, you know, in your lifetime you actually log a few separate dreams that are particularly 
meaningful and possibly you don't know it. So I had, um, someone gave me an onyx raven carved out of onyx and it had a dial tone right, right in there. <laughs> and, um, and if you pressed it, it, it would actually, you could make a busy signal if you pulled on the tail. <laughs> if you pushed on the beak, it, it would give a busy signal. <laughs> Push on the beak, I think you'd get more than a busy signal. Well, and that sort of thing. And we have our caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Mona. Mona, hi. How are you? I'm doing better and better every day. Excellent, excellent. What can we do for you? I have a dream that I'd like interpreted. Excellent. Um, Now, this dream is a dream of a workplace environment that I was working in um, several years ago. It was actually the best work experience that I'd ever had. And I was uh, a lunch... Um, accompanying a friend to the corner store. I'd already had my lunch. I was walking to the store to accompany her on her lunch break. And on the way back to work, um, it was the boss. It was the former boss who had retired. And we met him on the way, and I told my friend, Barbara, you go back. I'm going to stay and talk to him for a couple of minutes. And while I was standing there talking with him, he had... um, he said, you know, I want to show you this project that I'm working on. And he pulled out a fishing pole, and he walked to the door, and, and then it was like with a, a door knocker, a door, yeah, door knocker. And he got the fishing pole, and he put it up on the door knocker, and he was trying to show me, and I was thinking, I don't get it. Like, what is that? Mm. And then he finally put it down, and he looked at me kind of exasperated, and he said, you don't recognize me, do you? And I said, uh, and I didn't know what he meant. And then he, he just said, I'm your father. And then all of a sudden, he changed into, it was the same person, but it's like all of a sudden I recognized him as a fa- my father. And it was, I started crying, and, and it was just such a lovely, like a reunion. And um, he wanted me to stay and talk longer, and I said, I would love to, but I have to go back to work. And I I just said, you know, I'm so glad that I I found you, Um, but I said, I've got to go back to work. And then I I just left, and I went back to my workplace. So that was basically the dream. Wow. You want to know something when when you talked about him putting the fishing pole on the door knocker? I was seeing... Because fishing poles often represent, uh, and you also use the word retired, fishing poles are the day off work where you go fishing, you play hooky from school and go fishing, and things like that. And you are on your way back to work. And I feel that this being was telling you that the way you really attract opportunity, the door knocking, opportunity knocks, is to relax and let it come through peaceful things, doing what you love to do, opportunities will follow you instead of you chasing them Mm. and so it's about attracting things and there was um, something else with him oh I am your father I thought of Luke I am your father and the force and so he's giving you the power of the force and that was the the attraction and I, I really hesitate to say the law of attraction because I really feel it's gotten stretched and pushed into areas that make it more superficial than what I really mean from by this. It seems to be having a detrimental effect yeah. on people rather yeah. than it's, the positive it's, it's, effect. It's placing attention on lack, even yeah. though it doesn't look that way. But that's for another oh, show, it looks that way. But just for the dream. 
and yeah. you were walking with her for her lunch, you had already had your lunch. And so that's yet another thing. You were walking on a path that wasn't really yours. It wasn't to your nourishment. It was to someone else's. So he's saying, come back to who you really are and what you love to do, and everything will come to you. The force will come to you. There was a very great quote, and I, it's puzzling me as to exactly who said it. And I associate it with the early part of this century. But the quote was, open the door, and then opportunity knocks. Mm, I like Rather that. than the other way around. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah I like that. and I would love to, and I'm thinking it's uh, Andrew Carnegie, but I'm not positive. At any rate, if anyone happens to remember that quote, I've probably misquoted it. But that concept. Now, my first question for the dream there is, what are you fishing for? Um, and, you know, compliments and fishing for a living, fishing for... An opportunity. Yeah, that sort of thing. And door knocker was said three or four times. So door knocker is, um, and as soon as I get young Frankenstein out of my mind... Oh, I'll I know. <laughs> I'll go forward to the actual uh, interpretation. That was very funny, wasn't it? Well, that, that's some of the funniest. Madeline Kahn's voice. Yes, well, that, that happens later. I think she's great. Yeah. Um, okay, so the fact that your father was disguised, your father was represented symbolically by your boss, explains a lot because not all fathers want to be boss or are comfortable with that. Uh -huh. And others are just plain tyrants uh, with it. So. The relationship with the boss and the relationship with the father have something that's, um, um, and we could say again, the door opens there once we figure that whole thing out. Uh, on our program, we have said countless times that there's one and only one authority figure in your life, and that is, of course, yourself. So that would be part of what I would think dad's um, a charming and wonderful father would teach their children that they are their own authority figure, which of course you cannot do in our society at this time because the kids would rebel and uh, God only knows what sort of complications would be involved. But there has to be the day come where you recognize that the only person in the world that has authority over you is actually you. And as we've said so many times, the day you recognize that absolutely everything that ever happened was your idea then you can begin to actually think. Prior to that, you're involved in the blame game or the uh, house of mirrors that we tend to live in yeah. to create for ourselves. Yeah, I think that's really so, good. Yeah, so there's quite well, a bit. Now, when you said you went back to work, I expected you to say that you woke up right after saying, I went back to work, because that is, in a way, the truth about how we view our incarnation, because when we are in dream time, we are not here. We are definitely not here. If you've ever been to prison, there's a real big stipulation. You do not wake anyone who is asleep. It's, um, what is the word for that? Uh, the new set of rules in uh, such well, an establishment. So, well, just, go ahead. I just had a couple other little things there. When I wrote down the corner store, I wrote down cornerstone. So walking to the cornerstone, and, and perhaps that's building a new business, and since your father, or, or the man took the form of your former boss, I really do feel that it's about building a business of things you love to do rather than going back to work and making it something not about work. And beliefs from your father, 
can be work ethic. A lot of times we're taught from our fathers about work yeah. ethic, yeah. and sometimes work ethic to an extreme can make it so that we never allow ourselves to come in and nourish ourselves because you were really on a path to nourish someone else. But well, the reason, wow, thanks, yeah. Yeah, the reason being awake is regarded as work is in the sense that uh, while we are asleep, we're in a different realm. We are, in a way, equivalent to being dead. That is to say, we are out of our body big time and into the astral plane, which it turned out, well, that's another whole series of interesting anecdotes. But, um, and the, the suffering involved in the astral plane. Now, the fact that when we're down here, we are evolving via experience. When we are in the dream time, the evolving is on another level of existence. In either place, we are evolving. And experiencing. And experiencing true, yes. And creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, but we have this prejudice about being awake. And, and that's why people boast about not getting enough sleep. There, there's somehow a um, extra credit for being awake. Macho. Yeah, that whole concept. And why the coffee cartels are so prevalent in the world at the present time is everybody is um, jacking. Everybody's really attempting to get more uh, experiencing in when the whole thing is well, done in a much different it's way. Guilt. It's guilt about nourishing ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But the well, experiencing thanks. doesn't have to be at the cost of your, your happiness, your being, your, uh, yeah, all the rest well, of that. Is Mona still here? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I was just going to say thank you so much. That's, that's really given me a lot of information. It's amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Oh. Thanks for calling. Yeah, that was an excellent. We'd love to hear from you more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very important thing. The, uh, very interesting. Also, the fishing pole, since we do the uh, dangling of the duck, struck me as uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the possibility of the rhyme scheme into the Yeah, we're going to have to get Keith and Mona out here into Virginia to do the duck. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we have yeah, another call. Welcome to. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. This is Carrie. Hi, Carrie. What nice. can we do for you? Oh, here's my great dreamer, Carrie. Thank well, you for calling. Yes, I had a dream uh, this morning, oh. and I thought it was very interesting because I never had this kind of, well, maybe I have, but I just didn't remember. And I was a lion, and I was um, walking through the jungle, and I was getting dirty with mud, and then I see myself crossing a river, and I can see people all around me, and I'm not scared even though I'm a lion, I'm not scared of them. And they seem not to fear me either. And then the next thing I notice, I'm back as myself, and I'm holding the lion in my arms, and the lion is covered with a towel because the, the lion was all wet from the river and, and, and dirty with the mud. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting with the lion on my arm, in my arms, in, in a couch. Wow. So that was my dream. <laughs> so bizarre. Well, that- that last scene reminds me of a tarot card called Strength, where the feminine power is to have power, but it's not that real overt kind. It's kind of a soft kind of power. 
And Mountain Lion in the animal deck is about leadership. So this, this really is you taking the walk of leadership. And sometimes we think if we stand up for ourselves and roar and say how we feel, that we're going to get dirty, we're going to get muddy, we have to get in there and we have to fight and wrestle and things like that. But that's telling you that even though it looks that way, there is this beautiful river of emotion and power that flow from you that will clean that off. And then there's even a towel and you comforting you. And so I think it's you making peace with the part of you that is powerful and that can speak up and just say how you feel. And the more steps you take through life, the more powerful we become. And also the Sekim energy in there too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the idea of um, a lion, let us say that that in this particular interpretation, because there are as many different interpretations really as there is imagination. And that's always a very valid thing to do. Let's say the lion represents the lie that's ongoing in the world, the lion. And the fact that in going through the jungle it got dirty, which is the lie, which is again. It's a jungle out there. So, yeah, so the idea of the earth walk as being something dirty is the lie. Okay, mm -hmm. because it's actually quite cleansing uh, to be incarnate as a human mm -hmm. being to walk this particular walk. A, a cleansing and um, you just get to a far greater expression. The more of experiencing that we have, the more evolved, the more powerful, the more uh, conscious, the more advanced, the more aware we become. Okay. Now, the water, and I believe Mary was talking about this also, the water representing um, the stream of the unconscious mind. And so emotion, the cleansing that emotion yeah, provides. Yeah, the cleansing involved. And so, um, in the way I'm interpreting this, this would be the subconscious, mm -hmm. the river being the subconscious, uh, that is the cleansing, which is what the dream does anyhow, the dreams. In other words, if you've had an experience that you would classify as unpleasant, well, by the following morning, that is either the first thing that pulls you out of the dream time your judgment about the experience, or the dream time has successfully cleansed it, but within a week or two or three or however long a, an experience may take, um, that all just washes away in the dream time. So that's a very important thing. Now the idea of the towel, the wrapping in the mantle of, uh, to me somehow chimed into your childhood experiences and I know when the child runs out in the rain to have a good time, and when the child comes in and has hypothermia and is freezing, uh, the first thing you do is wrap the child in a towel uh, to reverse the process of their exploration. So that represented to me, in a way, very much mother's love or parental sort of love, this ability to um, be comforted in that way. Now, just the final point about the fear that bounced back and forth between the other inhabitants of the jungle and who weren't afraid of the lion, which is precedent setting. So that's uh, opening a door for, for you to find your own strength and that that doesn't have to uh, re result in a regime based on people being afraid, and that it can result in a regime based on uh, a mutual cooperation based on someone having this idea and this equipment to bring this idea into reality 
rather than the way we do it now, which is who can you frighten into being your um, yeah. minion. Yeah. yeah. So and I think it, it really is. Um, we, we do uh, kind of like what I was saying earlier, we do get afraid of our power and we're afraid that the world won't accept it and it won't, yeah. it won't be acceptable or that will hurt people or that will scare people. But true power harms no one. Yeah. And so finding, Carrie, finding her true power, it takes her through the emotion and that you get the courage to walk through your emotion and heal it, clear it, get to the other side, and then this beast that used to be this fearful bubble of power within us, this nameless force that we were afraid of, then becomes something very tame that sits in your lap. Yeah. So thank you, Carrie. That was such a beautiful dream. I remember when I met Bubble of Power. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. one of Austin Powers' cousins, as far as I recall. Yeah, and, and um, Carrie had, had also uh, shared one time having a dream within a dream, which I oh. thought was powerful. Yeah, Another true. Call? Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, Neville and Mary. This is Donna. Donna, Donna hi. Can we turn up the... Yeah, uh, they're working on Okay. Donna, what can we do for you? Well, I have a dream uh, I would like interpreted. Okay. That, um, this is from a couple years ago, but it's always stayed with me. And in this dream, aliens landed next to my house from a spacecraft. They came inside, and they directed me to lie on a table. And it was white, but I could still see inside the table, and there were these clear tubes in there. And as I lay there, I could see fluids starting to run through them that looked like rusty water. And the beings told me that they were draining the impurities out of me, while at the same time, they were pumping impurities. Now, what was Actually, that last thing you said? At They're the same time, pumping impurities. Yeah, oh. as, as they were draining it out, the impurities, they were pumping impurity. Okay. Well, first of all, I, I just wanted to share with you that very, I've heard a number of people relate very similar type of dreams which I think is interesting. Yeah, that you weren't frightened in it is very important. These were actually aliens, by the way, and you did actually go for the uh, um, therapy, alien therapy, which we recommend highly. It's just unreliable. In other words, you can't say, well, 8.30 on Thursday, I'm going to be having alien therapy. Well, you could watch this show, but still, the idea that um, aliens are amongst us by the way, everywhere. Neville is an alien. And I'm not the only one. I'm and not an alien, no. And, <laughs> and we have proof of this, by the way. I have a birth certificate from Alpha Centauri. But uh, nonetheless... I'm from the Pleiades. Yeah, it exists okay, in another but back dimension. back to the dream. Okay, so the, it's interesting that uh, the lying on the white table, which would be uh, just every kind of purity symbol there uh, in, in that sense, uh, the cubes represent the planet Earth, the symbol for our planet. And if you wish to express our planet telepathically, especially if you want to express it off-world, uh, but you would, you would picture the Earth and our cliche of the map of the Earth uh, expressed on a cube if you wanted to let people know where you were broadcasting from. That's actually, uh, what can I say? This is the way Why this works. Why are we in a sphere then? Go I'll, ahead. I'll just, Go ahead. Uh, I, I understand. I'm just playing. Go ahead. So okay. you would communicate that, and that tells. And that's why there were three cubes, the and I think she said three cubes. 
So one would be um, physical body stuff, one would be mental process cube, and then of course the spirit cube. If you said three, at least that's what I saw when you were describing it. Are you still on? Uh, yeah, yeah. I well, think it, it was um, tubes, not cubes. Oh, all right, fine. I'm sorry. It was two what? Cubes, uh, tubes, not cubes. Two, 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 two tubes, right? Two tubes. Uh, he was an Egyptian leader. <laughs> Two tubes. It was very common. Though. Okay, let's. Let, she was saying something. Just real quick. No, I was just saying Two, there two were tubes. More than one tube. There were probably about three tubes. Three tubes. Okay. Where the liquid was running through. Okay. Yeah. So that's an interesting phenomenon because I pictured it as cube, and therefore that Go with exists. It. That's in, your interpretation. Well, that exists in reality because I thought of it in my mind. Anything you think in your mind exists in one reality or another. A lot of times it is this reality, but genuinely, and that's a um, synchronous, yes, but serendipity would be more the word I was looking for. If you actually get a thought manifest in 3D, it took some engineering. Well, I think that there was a lot in that dream. Number yes. one is I do feel that there are beings that let's say, have already experienced what we've experienced and gotten larger and moved on. And it really does make sense that there are beings from other realities, uh, mm -hmm. other Earth, Earth uh, physical plane realities mm -hmm. on other planets, as well as multidimensional beings. And whatever this being, th these beings were that came, they clearly were helping you to detox heavy metals because it did look like rust. And so it's giving you information about your health and helping you to cleanse on the spirit level will then help opportunities and systems and uh, just clearing in general on your physical self. Lying on the table, I, I feel like that's also saying for you to be sure to get a lot of sleep. And it was also alien, but the way you said it, I heard you say alien, alien like Eileen or a lean, like a lean on the house or something like that, or mm -hmm. leaning over. And perhaps it, it is saying to get more rest and to let you know that you are having communication with ultra-dimensional beings. Mm -hmm. There was one other thing about the tubes that I was seeing. You know that expression, going down the tubes? Like when we think something's, yeah. you know, it's a way to, to, to let go of something too. Mm -hmm. And not... And I know this is totally unrelated to the symbolism in your dream, apparently, but I feel like that dream was also telling you, and, and the fact that there were three or more three, that there might be three people that you've regretted leaving your life. And for you to go back and look at them clearly in your dream time and see why it was they did leave and that, how that was the best thing for you. So thank you so yeah. much. It was really quite a good yeah, dream. Donna, thank you very much. We yeah. would love to hear from you. Um, just any time you would like to call in the show, please do. And over the weeks coming, if you have other dreams you'd like to um, mention to us, yeah, please do. this is for anybody. We're, was, we're always yeah. open to dreams. We'll probably do this a number of times. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it really does give you a different angle on your dream. And the more everybody's interpretation will be true. Yeah. I mean, another angle another on that aspect, same dream. So aspect, I like to get yeah. a lot of people's views. Yeah, it works for me. And... Thank you. 
right? Um, uh, Neville, I just um, don't read your handwriting for some reason, so I'm just going to make up uh, one of mine. I place my attention on the faces of those walking toward me, not the rear ends of those walking away. And that is one of mine, because I couldn't read the writing there. Success is more a function of common sense than it is of genius. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. All righty. That's wonderful. We'll just set those there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like the idea of quotes, and I think that might not be a bad idea sometime to open the show, where we will not uh, consider a topic. We'll just pull one of those and then use that as a conversation piece and invite callers. Yeah, and we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, my name is Anna, and I would like a reading, please. Oh, sure. Okay. Here we go. Be most happy to. All right. First feeling I get is that maybe you have had circumstances in your life where you felt like you, your hands were tied, <laughs> and look at the card control. I had a feeling when I was just pulling the cards out. It was like my hands felt like they were moving through, like in slow motion. And so that tells me that perhaps you felt conditions or forces or things in your life have made you feel oppressed or uh, controlled. And that now is a time to really stop thinking of it that way because that assists it. Uh, Neville was talking about complaining earlier. We all do it. I do it. I do less and less of it all the time. But when we do complain or we think about the oppression that might be going on in our life and run it through our head over and over again, it actually feeds it. So it's better to just say, the things that I feel are controlling me, I'm not going to think about. I'm not going to give them the time of day, so to speak. And also to take that leap of faith and know that where you are to be ending up, you're going to land there. And nothing you can do can stop it and nothing you can do uh, can can make anything happen quicker. And so just relax and look at some of the situations in your life where you're feeling controlled and find your power in it because this really is in your life to help you find that power. Sort of like Carrie's dream of the lion. Mm-hmm. You've got a lot of life, life force stuff that's coming up and just take advantage of it. And we have our next caller. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Hi, this is Barbara. Hi, Mary. Hi, Neville. Hi, Barbara. Thanks um, for calling. I- well, thank you. I've been a fan of yours for years. I, I just moved uh, into a new home um, this week. I was wondering what you could tell me about um, my future here. Okay, let's just see what we get. Congratulations for moving to your new home. This card, you've probably heard me say this a number of times, but there really is no such word as lazy that if you're not doing something, it's better to ask you, why don't I want to and why am I making me? And that's going to give you a lot more information than just to beat yourself up. And I really do feel that some older energies that might have been stagnant by making the move, you're breaking those up and, and really changing a lot of energy flow in your life. And this card confirms it as well. We Are the World talks about how we are all our own unique color but we all have the same space, and it's time to figure out who we are and that not to let things belittle us or feel like we have to take up more room than we feel we need. Um, 
in any given time. And it's also about discovering your creative self and getting out of the mind. This is the second time the mind card came up. I know the picture looks a tad creepy, but really what it's depicting is that our minds can sometimes act as machinery and take our thought and just chew it over and over and over and never really get us anywhere. And that's when it's time to let go of the head and get back into the heart and let our heart guide us. And that's really where you're at now. I feel like a lot more people are coming into your life that will be fun. Yeah, did you want to take a moment to talk about the lovely crystal oh, you yes. brought us? Here is a master crystal. We have another call. Let's take the other call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? Yes, hello, Mary. Hello, Neville. This is Ann. Hi, Ann. Ann. Hello. Hi. I just started a new job, and if I could have a reading, please, I just would like your impression. I don't know if I'm in the right place. Okay. And I know ultimately we're always around, in, you know. in, the, in the right place, but I get what you're saying. Okay, the first card, the Thunderbolt. This is a card telling you the energies of where you're coming from. And sometimes we go places because we're being driven out of the old place. And then we find ourselves in the new place. And it almost feels like we're living 30 seconds behind. And every time we catch on to what this is, or the next moment has already happened and we have to figure that out. And so this is an opportunity. This job is an opportunity for you to do a reset and say, I'm going to start living more in the moment instead of reacting to something that's already happened. I'm going to respond by making decisions, which I think it, you can't really be in a, in a better place for that than where you're at. And the rebirth is saying that we spend our life being led around, then we fight, and that's a lot to maintain. And now it's about you uh, getting in touch with who you really are and not fight about it. Either people accept it or they don't. And that this is going to lead to possibilities and perhaps um, you won't be here for an indefinite period of time. It might be less time than you were thinking, which is a good thing because there'll be another opportunity coming up that wouldn't have come unless you went there. So it's a good thing. Yeah, excellent. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you very much for calling yeah. in. We'd love to hear from you again. Uh, please feel free to call. We love our call. Um, dreams, questions, any of this, uh, please do call well, in. We were going to talk about the crystal, but I would like to announce that your uh, galactic history is on for this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's on a good Sunday. One. Mm -hmm. I had taken it off the website because I thought you had a speaking engagement, but yeah, I was cross -signal. backed. Uh, yeah. I, I confused the, the mm -hmm. date. So your galactic history is on, and this Monday psychic development series is starting. And uh, part one, we cover, as I was saying earlier, really reading uh, intuitively and understanding communication mm -hmm. and meditation and various things like that. Yes. Our planet is getting, uh, is approaching uh, galactic consciousness. This is it's a very great much class. about. I think people uh, would enjoy that very much. Yeah, very much about the uh, participation in it. Um, we're going to be at Ruby Tuesdays. If you're out and about and you'd like to join us at Ruby Tuesdays at Fairpack Circle, we'll be there um, around quarter of ten, I believe. Oh, do we have time? We, have, we have time for another call? call. Hi, caller. What's your name, please? This is Marcy. Hi, Marcy. Marcy, what can we do for you? I am having a lot of issues with my current job, and I wanted to find out what the future holds for me, please. Okay, let's just see what a lot of times it's uh, good to know like what that is uh, preparing you for. Well, here is guilt. And this, perhaps um, what this is saying in, in the job that you're in, what's going on, is for you to look in the, in the past and watch 
or look out for where you feel you're not good enough. It's amazing how much guilt we have in our lives, all of us, because that's how we're trained through our religions and through our society. How we keep us in check is for us to feel guilty about who we really are. And I feel this is saying for you to go back and where you don't feel guilty, people won't uh, ring bells and, and bother you. It, it's usually your guides coming to show you where you're not loving yourself. And this is to look at the repetitive cycles. If there's something going on in your job that perhaps is something familiar to you that has gone on before, like, oh, I'm always in a job for two years, and then my nice boss leaves, and a not-so-nice boss comes in, start looking at that pattern and look for similar patterns in your life early on because it may be pointing out something. And look, we've got this wonderful possibilities card taking the next step. And I would refer to what I used as the quote on the duck, I place my attention on the faces of those walking toward me, not the rear ends of those walking away, because when it's time for them to go and you hold on, they become rear ends, and the same applies to jobs. And I really feel like there's something new coming for you, and that this is your angels whispering to let go. Okay, do we have Excellent. another? Yeah. Okay, well, I'll just show this beautiful crystal that I brought, if, if there, it's possible to get an up-closeness. I really feel like this is a master type of crystal. There are a lot of record keepers on it, and record keepers are little triangles that appear in the face of the crystal, one of the faces, when you have it at a certain angle, and I'll see if I can do that, but I don't know that I can in just the way the lights are. But this is the really wonderful one, and they're almost tabby, meaning that they're, they're thinner this way, almost flat. And it's things be like time that. time for us to do a crystal yes, class Yes, and again. we have decided we're going to do the crystal certification intensive and then followed by one more advanced class after that mm -hmm. because um, it's so powerful where you learn gritting and you actually get to experience some of that. Yeah. So. And uh, uh, the latest of the waveform oh, generators yes. is the uh, amethyst point. They'll take a minute to get around to getting a shot of it, but it's uh, uh, especially valuable in that uh, everything that has to do with amethyst, which is in and of itself the story of am and the whole thing that processed there, the alcoholism involved. But the uh, uh, ball in particular had to be made by hand. Normally when you make a crystal ball, you rough cut it into your basic ball shape, and then you stick it in a machine that polishes it to that uh, glowing intensity that balls are known for. Mm -hmm. But you cannot do that with this particular. Because uh, of the crystals. Which, could you get you a shot of the, uh, of the amethyst? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, because it would explode inside of the machine. It's just... It'd break, yeah. yeah. It'd break the points off. Yeah, and so um, this particular ball had to be made. There we go. And this is from a, a really older uh, cathedral. You can see the big points on it. Yeah. I know where... Uh, in that, yeah, so, and as always, the waveform generator or the thought amplifier is a device in which you place a program to amplify it into your life. And they've had fantastic success. Absolutely. And I've, um, I do do a batch of goddess candles that are Excellent. in pins, seven oh. goddesses. And I, I really had some very mystical experiences while calling the goddesses and meditating mm -hmm. as these crystals hardened and um, various things like that. So it was our joy and honor to take you to the door, even and, though... Uh, uh, Let's bring in the, the candles next week for sure. people to see. I think that's a very important I thought thing our, to do. I thought our floor director was flying. 
<laughs> Too much coffee. We're yeah, making we him give us cues with interpretive dance now. Yes, the spaghetti wire is on the idea. floor. Yes, yeah. well, as, as far as all this stuff goes. Okay, it's our joy uh, and honor to take you to the door. Please join us again. Thanks for participating. Thank you.